0: Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about Star Wars books, our favorite ones, and funny, funny Jedi kid jokes. (coughs) My name's Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to cover the beginning of book nine, the ultimate book in this nine book series, after we just finished the penultimate book in this nine book series, book eight, Legacy of the Force, (laughs) Revelation, and now all the things have been revelated. And here we are. You know what the fuck I'm saying. Yeah, it's just a word you don't hear very often. No, it's it's not real, that's why. And
1: am still surprised we haven't never used it. <laughs>
0: starting off the first four chapters of book nine this week. Did I say that? Bo- book nine, Invincible. Yes. Chapters one through four. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon, we finished the book before this book. Yeah. I don't know if I've made that joke literally seven times now, but I'm pretty damn sure I have. I think have.
1: so. Yeah, we spent the last the last episode talking about the book, complaining about uh, about different things we didn't like, and talking well,
0: about things we did like. I was thinking about that, you know? Because we were talking about how Jaina needed to be in these books more, and Jaina and Jason needed to be more contemplative of their particular relationship over the course of all these books. But maybe they don't. Because maybe you read the 14 or 17 NJO books, and then you read the Queen, the, the Joiner tr- trilogy, mm-hmm. and then you read this. You know? Yeah, well. Obviously, chronologically, sure. Yeah. But I mean, like, just from a, from a keeping the relationships fresh in your mind standpoint. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're super disconnected at the end of the Killick trilogy, but I think that focuses largely on the two of them beginning to drift apart. Yeah. The beginning Where, like, of their separation. You know, the Yuuzhan Vong war is everybody fights to the death against these outside invaders. Right. Anyways, I was thinking about that and I was just thinking maybe all of that setup was done previously, you know, but there still should be more like more of it. Not that there's not any, just maybe not quite enough to all of a sudden throw Jason and Jaina lightsaber battle on the cover of book nine. Yeah. You know, whatever. We spent pretty much just only book eight setting up that it was going to be Jaina. Yeah. The rest of the time has been Luke Skywalker.
1: And we realized she didn't really learn much other than general life rules.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get into that again later. I'm sure we will. That was last week. That's old news. (laughs) This week, we start with, well, not chapter one. We start with the prologue. Yes. And it turns out, Jason used to be a great guy. And he and Janer, did I say Janer? You did. I almost
1: did. We were talking about the joiner series. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) She was a joiner, as, again, will come up later he and Jaina were fully connected and deeply bonded during this memory that Jana is having mm-hmm. where they're 14 years old and being held captive somewhere, but they're able to escape through the magic of their all powerful twin bond because they're so bonded. They can, Jaina can feel their pulses pounding in rhythm. That's how in sync the two of them are at 14 years old, having spent no time away from each other. I would assume or very little. Yeah. Jason here, is the one rescuing Jaina, and I wonder if that's significant. I don't know. To be honest, I didn't really pick it apart, but I'm like, I wonder if that's, now that I'm saying that, I wonder if that's some kind of foreshadowing or or like a role reversal thing that we're looking forward to or something like that.
1: Well, knowing, for me, knowing what happens, because we've read this before, yeah. when we get towards the end of the book, I have something to bring back to this.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, look at you. Yeah. Fucking... Nikki notes over there. Yeah,
1: they're, they're all mental notes. Be, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows we'll never me. fucking hear that one again.
0: Like, guarantee you that. <laughs> that is, was that a that is a Vince McMahon guarantee right there. Take that to the bank. Anyways, Jason's rescuing Jaina, and she seems to be waiting hopelessly. She's not trying to break out. She's not. I don't know actively formulating a plan in the narrative there or anything? No. She just, you know, all of a sudden here comes Jason. And then he breaks her out of her cell and she's like, I do have the plan. Yeah. I've been, I've been here waiting for you. Cause he shows up. Let's try and let's try and pull this apart a little more. Not metaphorically, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He, he shows up, rescues her out of her cell and then has no, part two of the plan. You know what I mean? Like he's thought through part one, win the war, but he has no part two of the plan of like <laughs> how, and then how, once you get into the war, how do you get out of it?
1: that like, uh, mirror to now. what is happening right now? Maybe.
0: Right. So I don't know.
1: He's a little, even looks he, like when he was 14 or 15 or whatever, he's a little more reactionary than he is.
0: Uh... Well, once he fully committed to that, I swear it was, it, it was, just a big change. Anyways, he comes to rescue her and then she's the one with the plan. Is there something being foreshadowed here? Is there something that's going to be reflected from the scene later on? I don't know. I truly don't. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not really remembering details forward far enough. A lot of these books are a blur. I swear to God, Meanwhile and Cockman are coming back at some fucking point. I swear to God. Now,
1: if it helps, I thought they were in these books a little more than they were too.
0: This is what I was talking about last time where like, maybe I was remembering all the awesome of Jason from the previous book series. <laughs> Cause this one doesn't have a lot of his awesomeness. You know, maybe in the first two books where he's like uh king of the secret police making best friends kind of guy. Yeah. That's when you get to see Jason being fucking Jason, man. Yeah, and then the rest of the book he's not—he's Darth Kynis, which okay, that's cool. <laughs> that's <laughs> supposed to be—that's allowed. But like I was saying the previous couple of weeks, I'm pretty sure my full memory of Jason Solo is a lot more NJO than it is actually Legacy of the Force, because mostly I just remember him being so fucking cool, <laughs> and in these books he's like he's a he's a tool. Yeah, not to not to rhyme. God knows I would hate to rhyme anytime. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> so stupid, right? That yeah. Was a perfect yeah. joke, though. But I don't know, man. What? Uh, we'll have to come back to the scene later. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm going to have will. to keep the scene in my head and be like, <laughs> compare and contrast everything that comes up to see what matches, even maybe I have to flip the image horizontally see if it sits on
1: top. Next. See if it all fits yeah. together like puzzle pieces. Exactly. Superimpose one over the other.
0: Speaking of chapter pieces, what? That's not what you said, <laughs> <laughs> but I was getting ready to say <laughs> chapter one. Starts off with, as every chapter in this book does, and I'm very grateful for it. Thank you, Troy Denning jokes, jokes. I almost cried like four times in the third chapter second third chapter and i was coming back to like get a drink while i was reading or something and i was talking to danielle and i was like this book's gonna be pretty hard to read (laughs) i'm like i'm 40 pages in i'm like almost crying about everything already (laughs) it's gonna be really hard to read and talk about but we get the levity of starting every chapter with a joke from i think he says in the in the thank yous or whatever at the beginning that most of these are from the Kevin J. Anderson, Young Jedi series of books where, mm-hmm. you know, it's for a younger audience. Yeah. For preteens. But the first joke is an undeniable classic. Yep. I'm sure in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> what do you call the person who brings dinner to a Rancor? The appetizer! <laughs> Jason Solo, age 14. Jedi Academy on Yavin Floor. It's a good joke. It is a good joke. Here's what we're gonna do: every chapter, we're gonna rate these jokes. That one, unimaginative classic, in his context. Yeah. Very imaginative, <laughs> from our, from our, you know. What do you call? What do you call the person who brings the lion his dinner? Uh, appetizer. Yeah. Six out of ten. Yeah, absolutely. Turns out, the book starts three weeks. I don't know why I'm doing this weird spacing and cadence. Three weeks after the Battle of Fondor. Jaina, or Janna, if you will. At the I top noticed of page that. Four. I noticed. Yeah, we have the same printing. We have the same first edition printing.
1: I actually said it out loud to my girlfriend. It's like, they misspelled one of the main characters.
0: I, I was surprised. You know, whatever. Shit happens, right? <laughs> yeah. That's no big deal. Just kind of funny to see it on there. But Jenna and Fett are caught. On with the Verpine in an asteroid called Nickel One, that is like what, like a satellite sort of operation station for all their shipyards. Yeah, like a munitions like management just, hub. Yeah, type of thing. I I think. Yeah, a lot
1: of little bug things running around. Well, there's well, and there's, like, and there's size different bug like things. yeah, yeah,
0: not little, <laughs> like grown human-sized, standing, walking bug dudes. Gross. And they're, like, the Verpine are, like, green and lanky. They're not... I've pictured them, like, Killicks the whole time. But yeah. But they're
1: not. <laughs> they're not.
0: No, they're, like, skinny green swamp thing looking dudes. hmm <laughs> Yeah, they look like a skeleton with drippy green moss all over them.
1: Yeah. mandibles and antenna.
0: Anyways, they're caught here on this asteroid. With their squad of Mando Commandos. As the Imperials arrive to take the station and the Verpine tech... To win the war, because that's how you do it, by taking the assets that are causing you a deficit and turning them into your own profit, not destroying everything and lighting everybody on fire. As an example, even the Empire gets it. Mm -hmm. Okay, don't do that. Have a pan, a pan. Have a have a tough time today. (laughs) P.S. I'm yelling a lot. Troy loves bugs. <laughs> yep. Okay. Because here they are again. He wrote the Killick trilogy, the Joiner trilogy, mm-hmm. the Unseen Queen, and all that. Bad News Bears with the, the Dark Jedi, Elamirar, and Lomi Plo, was it? Or No. That was no. that was the chick that got killed at the beginning of this. It was a Rainer Thole. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah, part. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Remember the name. But anyways, Troy loves bugs, and here comes a lot of bugs. Oh, he also loves if I'm remembering correctly from the previous books, enclosed tunnels. Yes. Or all of Star Wars does. Because it's constantly mine shafts or crawling through ventilation shafts to get to this place. Or it's an elevator shaft. Or it was a roller coaster in a tight fucking thing. Or or it's it's Lumaya's Habitat, which is an asteroid of I guess I already said mining tunnels. Tunnels, tunnels, tunnels everywhere. It's yeah. a good place to have a uh, climactic, dramatic battle. And I almost not. said dramatic. That was close, but I did ruin it now by saying that. Well, dramatic <laughs> would, have been, <laughs> would have been kind of fun. It's either climatic and dramatic or climactic and dramatic. You can't have it both ways. Now, no. I that's think a that, good spot to have fight,
1: I think right? that goes back to like the movies, too, because yeah. that's also a very common theme. Well,
0: and it's like, it's not just, yeah, it's not just from the movies. It's from, you know, like the action genre yeah how do you put people in the most amount of danger limit their amount of us es- or their options of escape to one or none yeah you either run away from the boulder down the other side of the t- uh, tunnel in the temple mm-hmm. or else you get smushed like that's your only option it's life or death whatever so you know it becomes a really threatening situation when you trap your fucking characters in a and it's in a closed tube. With yeah. People who are trying to kill them. And that's where we find the Mandos and Fett and Jana, who I will now stop calling Jana and will only call Jana thus far. Yeah. Oh, also, don't forget, as we get reminded two times in the first 10 pages, and I think four times in the first chapter, that Jana used to be a Killick joiner. Yes. Also from Troy's previous books. Don't forget that because it comes up a lot. Yes, and it does. She she, like, she can smell the bug pheromones and understand them better. And she can tell their body language a bit better. And she can uh, she can tell them apart visually that most people aren't able to do type of thing. Because she was a joiner. Yeah. Don't forget. She spent time with the killers. Yeah, she actually called don't one of them forget. by name. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So that gets brought up a lot. I don't know if that's going to be important beyond here. But don't forget that Jaina also had her own kind of uh, dip into the dark side. Yeah. And, I don't know, not life-changing, like, abilities or anything like that, but, like, has been slightly tainted and slightly twisted by the dark side of the Force. I think it mostly
1: just gives her another perspective that a lot of, maybe not... That I would say most of the Jedi Council and all them don't have,
0: and that's what I mean. Carrying forward with her is that her whole thing is that I'm the only one that can beat Jason, Mm -hmm. and then you know come up with reasons why. But that would be on the list, right? You know, like I have, I have special skills too. Not just him.
1: Yeah, I would, I would think so. Like they don't, like you get the. Some of them have had a little bit of a, a dip into the dark, but. Saba, not really. You know yeah. what?
0: Actually, I disagree with that. I think most of the fucking Jedi Masters that they talk about have gone at least partially to the dark side at some point or another. Maybe maybe not most, but maybe more than you think and less than I think. Because <laughs> thinking about it now, it's like Kip, Kyle, Luke, we'll say Mara. I think Saba a bit. Leia. You know how do you threaten your Jedi characters is you threaten them with the dark side. Mm-hmm. So I think it does happen more than maybe more than you're thinking and less than I'm thinking. But like a lot of the characters who are like masters on the Jedi council now have pulled each other back from the brink of the dark side and stuff like that. Right. Like
1: now that you're saying that it seems yeah. almost like a prerequisite. Like to, that's how you, be, you become master to be <laughs> the master. You have to understand the other side. All uh, almost. Anakin
0: just needed to wait a little longer. So that he could be brought back from the dark side and then made a master. Yeah. He got impatient. As you do. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be in the blood. (laughs) But Jaina used to be a bug. Just don't forget that. Mm -hmm. Now back to the Imperials. And speaking of these enclosed tunnels, the, uh, the, the white shells, as the bugs call the stormtroopers, which is just fucking brilliant. I love it. Like, that is, like, that's like, that's character writing, right? Where you're processing information through one particular perspective. Yeah, through the bug Even if they know that they're called Stormcloaks, to them, that's exoskeleton yeah. stuff, you know? So they're white shells. I just dig that. Whether it's, like, an on-purpose derogatory slang type of thing, or if it's just their genuine conceit of what these dudes are. Yeah. I love the idea of calling them white shells. I love the idea of, like... I don't know localizing the action so that it doesn't just seem like it can happen anywhere. You know, you like personalize it with stuff like that. Like the yeah. bugs are calling them white shells, and and the tunnels and the pheromones and the you know you try to make things uh, as unique <laughs> as they can be when you're fighting in the tunnel for the twelfth fucking time <laughs> in nine books. <laughs> like that's where Jason killed Mara Jade Skywalker. Tunnels are fucking dangerous in these books, man. Get out. Well, they can't get out. And turns out the Imperials are not good guys as they are exterminator gassing these poor buggy boys. Yeah. Jaina does a cool shimmery force breeze to counter that. But the uh, sentient? Maybe? Yeah. It's like Mer- semi- Mercurial maybe?
1: Yeah. Because they say it like turns to like arrows after she tries to blow it yeah. away. so and...
0: like first it's a mist and then she force dazzles it and tries to force breeze it or Mm -hmm. blows a little bit and then it drops to the ground and congeals into like a semi-liquid I guess not semi-liquid a semi-solid yes (laughs) Hmm. but if the other semi of it is liquid then isn't it also a semi-liquid yes but is it liquid or is it that other word for liquid that's not liquid
1: like a like a um like a plasma
0: no it, unimportant now yeah this stuff seems to be sentient she flashes it she blows it that sounds those are two things I didn't mean to say <laughs> and then it drops to the ground and it congeals into like yeah you like you said it turns into like arrowheads pointing at them they do their best to fight it off they get some on them we'll deal with that in a moment but Imperials are bad guys huh shocker <laughs> <laughs> Jaina gets them on her, Fett gets them on him, and they get slight acid burns on the top of their skin. Yeah, they describe but
1: it as like a sunburn.
0: Turns out, yeah, yeah, that, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, turns out this biological weapon was specifically designed for the verpine. And not just for the verpine, specifically designed specifically for one class of bug in their case system. hmm The soldiers. Keep the workers and the engineers and the repairmen all alive to keep the shipyards running. Just take them hostage. Kill all the soldiers with your special, you know, raid mercury gas. It's exactly. Extermination. Yeah. And uh, it's highly effective because a lot of the bugs are, well, not a lot of them. All the bugs <laughs> are fucking dead. Yeah, it's a targeted <laughs> pesticide. They go from Jane and Fett being in a crowded subway car that crashes in the in a tunnel and is then full of soldiers to Jane and Fett running alone because everyone else is dead. Mm-hmm. That's fucking dark. But they run and run and run until they meet up with the rest of his commandos. Sorry, his Mando commandos. They find a half dozen of them dead. Boiled inside of their Beskargum Outgunned by an imperial plasma cannon, she like sees one of the guys laying on the ground, takes his helmet off, and he's cooked inside of his armor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, the bug one was bad enough. Then like fifty steps later, <laughs> it's just worse because they're humans, I guess. But
1: yeah, I pictured like cook
0: a man inside his armor.
1: Yeah, I pictured like a human lobster.
0: Yeah, pretty much, right? Like, yeah, and like. Healy away, bloshy. gross, gross, yeah. bad. Great writing, though. <laughs> Amazing. Made <laughs> us feel bad for him. So, and uh, under this, okay, under this threat of being outgunned and just straight up slaughtered, as they are being, Jaina gets the chance to be a goddamn hero for the Mandalorians, and gets to be an ultimate warrior as she leads. Yeah, I said it. Boba Fett and a dozen or more Mandalorians in a coordinated strike saving the day and even chopping Fett with her lightsaber whoopsie yeah <laughs> don't sneak up on a Jedi didn't know that I could it's a good thing he's
1: wearing that Beskar instead of his Durasteel stuff yeah
0: good thing he's got the good stuff on <laughs> cause he'd be good dead th- good goddamn thing and you know she turns around and she's like oh Deb, sorry don't sneak up on me right and he's like I didn't know I could and they're kind of this whole time playing this coy game with each other of not revealing that they don't know as much about each other as they want the other to believe. Mm -hmm. And it's, (laughs) they weren't doing it so much in the last book. They were, they were to a point, but like, it's really thick in this uh, uh, opening chapter here where first of all, multiple times they, she alludes to the inevitable showdown between her and Fett in the future. Yeah. Where she's like, "I whatever happens, he's not a good guy. And at some point, he's either going to try to kill me or I'm going to have to kill him.
1: Yeah, we'll be on opposite sides eventually.
0: Yeah, right? So she keeps alluding to that over and over, or Troy does, I guess, through her. And it made me wonder. And then I hate my fucking life that we're living in this Disney timeline. Would... Imagine if that would have been a major plot point in the Jaina trilogy. Oh, yeah. Is she gets married. She gets pregnant. Here comes Boba Fett (laughs) or, you know, who knows? For some reason, somehow. I don't know. But how interesting would that have been? You know? (laughs) Yeah, the trilogy, I fucking swear to God was going to be so good, especially going from nine book to nine book, triple author, triple trilogies to a single author focused, concentrated trilogy on just Jaina. Mm -hmm. Ah, Now she's, she doesn't, she doesn't exist. No, not, not at all. Jason sort of still does. Yeah. Reborn and metamorphosized into Kylo Ren. Yeah, But where is his goddamn sister? Wait a minute. Are we about to find out later this week? <laughs> uh, we already know where his sister is. What if Ray is Jaina? Ray? Jayna? I'm on to something here. Maybe.
1: Maybe. Would be smart of them to use pre-written stuff that's already there. Save some work.
0: I always thought so. How dare you patronize me like that? <laughs> <laughs> All that time I was staring at you silently while while you were trying to fill in the blanks there, I was trying to think of the word patronize. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered what was going on. I was only really continuing to talk because you were being silent. I know, exactly. It took a while for me to get there. But how good would that trilogy have been? God. And you're right. It would make so much sense to like, let's let's cherry pick from the material that we have. And I think they kind of have been.
1: Well, yeah. His name is Ben Solo. Well...
0: That they was just kind of an obvious two. one, right? Like they just combined the two. Who else is Luke? Yeah, but who else is Luke? I guess it wasn't Luke that named him. No. Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? <clears throat> Back to the book. Yeah. Yeah. We see Jane and Fett having this contentious relationship like I said where Nobody wants to reveal all their cards to the other in various very coy ways. And it kind of gets summed up succinctly in their parting scene as they reach a hangar of Mando ships. And Boba Fett says, This is our fight. It's time for you to go on training complete. Gives her the Pokemon badge. Mm -hmm. And he tells her, I taught you everything you need to know. And Jaina says, But not everything you know. And that's it. That's that's their fucking master apprentice relationship in a nutshell. I taught you everything I think you need to know, but not enough for you to outclass me or overtake me. And how Sith is that? Yeah. I was Like she kinda just went for Sith training Mm -hmm. in this kind of, you know, some degrees of it. With the heartlessness and the non-stop violence and the fight till the fight's long gone. and hmm You know, never reveal your secrets, don't trust anyone, all that kind of shit. She kind of just went for like a five-week Sith training powwow on Mandalore with the Mandalore. You know, his Mandalorians. <laughs> I hate this language. I haven't seen it come up too much in the Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, so that's good. Yeah, that is. Which
1: I still haven't watched.
0: You fucking idiot!
1: It's because every time I have a day off, I'm
0: listening. Uh, I'm here with you. Well, we should watch it. <laughs> Come over <laughs> earlier next time. We'll watch it before we do the podcast. We'll get real Star Wars up. Seriously, if you haven't seen The Mandalorian, go check it out. Now, one other thing that Boba Fett does here in the in the wrap up scene is reminds Jaina of her dad is basically sends her on her way and he says good luck kid and she's like that sounds exactly like something my dad would have said which is you know another one of those nice comparisons of like han solo and boba fett could have been could have been trading places just under different circumstances you know Mm -hmm. boba fett's dad stays alive maybe he's the uh the guy showing up in in a dope ship to save the day for the rebellion against the death star. Who knows? But that's not what happened. His dad got his head cut off and he picked it up. Yeah. Hard times. Boba Fett also tells her one other thing that I thought was just gross. No matter what happens between her and Jason, this is kind of a win win for him. Mm hmm. One of the Solo's kids are going to die in retribution for his daughter. You know, indirectly, however much so. But no matter what happens when she goes to take on Jason, in the Elemarar balance sense, which a lot of people kind of ascribe to that, right? Just not... Not in the same crazy way. With the capital B, right? This is going to be a win-win for him. One of them is going to die. And then, you know, eye for an eye. Yeah, justice.
1: He always had that in the back of his mind. the that...
0: kid for one of my kids. Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, either we get rid of Jason Solo or I get a little bit closer to even, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. And then he jogs away from Jaina. And this solid action packed first chapter. He just in his little armor moves pretty
1: good for an old guy.
0: Yeah, he, like, does the fucking karate kid kip-up from his back. He's, like, in full Beskar armor. Mm-hmm. He gets knocked down or whatever. He gets a hole shot through his hand.
1: Yeah, a thumb-sized hole. They Gina they chops
0: him with her lightsaber. He ends up on his back at one point. And, yeah, he just does, like, the Shawn Michaels kip-up mm-hmm. in full armor. And she's like, oh, I looked like a look like a young Jedi yeah. with no armor. I like how they impress each other all the time. You know? Without... Really trying? Yeah, and without... They're just both very impressive, and like, it, given the right context of not trying to kill each other, you have time to appreciate that.
1: And, of course, they never say it out loud to each other because that, that would, as, as Jaina brings up a whole bunch of times, weakness or... Yeah. She brings up Even a lot of weakness. if you both
0: weakness. know the weakness, don't say it out loud.
1: No, that's acknowledging the weakness. Which is weak. Yeah.
0: All right. I mean... In life and death, hand-to-hand combat, I can abide by that rule. Mm-hmm. In 2019, planet Earth, regular life, where like most of the conflict you have in your life is just emotional. Mm-hmm. Disagree. <laughs> Admit your weaknesses. Dive into them. Understand them. So you can destroy them from the inside! <laughs> Chapter 2. <laughs> starts with another one of those goddamn jokes. Hey, Jaina, do you know why TIE fighters scream in space? Because they miss their mothership. <laughs> Jason Solo, age 14, Jedi Academy on having 4. Good joke, but how badly is 14 year old Jason missing his mothership at that age, at that time and place? You use the jokes to cover the pain. Yes. Now, pretty strong joke though, because those Tie Fighters sure do scream
1: in space. Somehow, where sound doesn't travel, but
0: but I... who the fuck ever calls the Star Destroyer the mothership? So, seven out of ten. Yeah, it's not. It's quite, a fourteen-year-old joke. It's not joke. quite as cliche. Oh, they're all they're all gonna be that level of joke, but it's not quite as cliche as the last one. No. This one's a little more unique. 7 out of 10. And it turns out the Jedi are hiding on the abandoned mining world of uh, Shidu Mod? Yeah. In the transitory mists. Another mining place. And it also turns out that Jaina is there. And she's thinking. Some dark ass shit. The Jedi would never leave Shidu Mod alive. Not unless they hunted down and killed Jason before he hunted them down. Jaina knew that in her heart. Okay, one thing to point out. We have not gone back on the resolution to kill Jason Solo. No. We start this book where we left the last book, which is John Tucker Must Die, or whatever that fucking movie's called. I've made that joke before. Yeah. Now, I like that a lot. Continuity. But listen, yeah, I like continuity in my <laughs> continuous stories. Now, listen like more specifically to what she's saying. Either we kill Jason, or he kills all of the Jedi. Yeah. It's not just going to fucking chop up her and Luke and walk away.
1: Yeah, because he... Know? He wouldn't give him time to escape. He'd probably blow him up from space or whatever. Exactly what
0: she says, I think. And like, but that, I hadn't really thought of that. When you step outside of like the political dimensions of the war and remember like this Jedi versus Sith part. Let's say he wins the war. Let's say the war is over today. What do you think Jason Solo's number one priority is? Find and kill all the Jedi that will threaten me. Mm-hmm. and my peace that I've created, right? That's ah, <laughs> that's extreme, but I hadn't thought of it like that. Like, she's fucking right.
1: It shows some we awareness. we kill him,
0: or he kills all of us. Yeah. And And, once again, it begs the question of like, why do you not all go after him? You know, like the terrorist on a plane yeah strategy like can't can't stop us all you know yeah one or two of the ten masters will die maybe four or five maybe ten more nights I guess that's why yeah it's a, but but if the answer is or uh, sorry I was going to say if, if the other solution is all of you die or if you don't kill him I don't know how do you find that balance yeah lowercase it's,
1: B. Yes. It's a uh it's a very for the greater for literally for the greater good, make some sacrifices.
0: Yeah, otherwise all of the good team is dead.
1: Yeah. From a perspective. Anyway. There's only
0: bad team and even more bad team that he doesn't really know about out there. Yeah. The fucking one Sith kicking around out there with ship some some place. <laughs> doing some thing. maybe maybe just infinitely chasing ship <laughs> all this time. <laughs> just like, the whole time. Just, just can't quite catch up to him. You're one jump uh, you jump into the system vroom, and you see him vroom, out the other way and you're like god damn it we're so close. I don't know because they haven't come back up.
1: <laughs> all time chasing down ship.
0: But I mean Jaina says either we kill Jason or Order 66. I don't know if you know that but that's bad. So she goes to find Luke Leia Han and the other masters planning in response to the Imperials at Roche, which is what we just talked about. Yeah. Asteroid thing. They call it so many different things.
1: Yeah. Roche, I think There's- is the system.
0: Yep. Roche is the system. Nickel one is the asteroid. Uh, and the vert pine are the bugs that inhabit the system. But I feel like there was one other name that it was called in there. Anyhow, anyhow, trying to figure out what we're going to do about the fact that the Imperials just took, I don't know enough, manufacturing power to win the war. Jaina at this point is now my favorite character because she walks into this room and she can't help, but realize what absolute fucking legends these three people are. Mm-hmm. Her mom and dad and Luke Skywalker. And it's nice to see somebody else thinking that in context of the text.
1: Yeah. Cause she's because
0: think- I, 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 we've been saying it all. Yeah. The, all and she thinks
1: long. to herself, it it feels weird in this situation to call them mom and dad and uncle Luke.
0: It even feels weird for her to even be at the grown-up table. Yeah. Right? Even though she's 32. <laughs> it's like these people have been solving galactic crises for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You're just now allowed to go sit at the grown-up table. She's, I don't know, like starstruck? Almost, yeah, a bit right? of
1: awestruck at the things they've accomplished.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. They talk strategy and they banter casual jokes. The masters. Uh-huh. I love Saba 17. She's so great. The fucking best. I love the Zeds. Normally that kind of thing would be like not pretentious, but like uh, superfluous and seem really fucking useless. Mm-hmm. But I love it. <laughs> uh, you know, ah, God, Saba's great. Anyways, they exchange casual jokes before Jaina asks for their attention and says, we need to hunt down and kill Jason. Here we are again with another one of the kids standing in front of all the parents giving the difficult talk, saying the hard things. Yep. You know, it was Ben with the evidence. Now it's Jaina with the plan. We have to kill, hunt and kill. Not just accidentally kill, not try to capture, hunt and kill Jason.
1: Yeah, time to take him out.
0: And well, I mean, one way to say this would be that Han had a pretty strong reaction to that. He says Jason was a hero. He killed Onimi. How do I want to say that? He killed Onimi. Onimi? How,
1: on- Something like I think
0: that. It, I think it's got a I think it's got an O. Oh, oh, no, it's gotta be Om. Because it's like Om omnipotent, omniscient. He is so it's like Onimi. Onimi. Oni, onimi. Anyways, Han didn't take that very well. No, he did not. <laughs> he says Jason was a hero. He killed Anami and won the war with the Yuzhan Vong, and then he died of his wounds. Sounding when he's talking there like a like you know like he's being delusional. Mm-hmm. And then he follows it up with, "Kydus is just the monster, who stepped into the hollow shell that was left behind." Yeah, you're not wrong, but. More so, like, it's the, it's the larva that pupated inside the shell. Yeah, because it was put there by Virger. You know, yeah, the like the Jason. She she put the monster inside Jason that would grow to be. Yeah, Arthas. planted the seed there. Yeah, but I mean, Han. You know, when he's talking about Jason at first, he sounds like he's unwilling to accept reality and stuff like that. But. Leia clears it up. And it is kind of just, you know, the obvious way and the and the kind of correct way to look at it. Jason hasn't been doing Jason things for a very long time now.
1: Yeah. I think it's the way for Han to, it sounds and like denial. to accept it.
0: Yeah, it sounds like denial, but it's not. It's more like reframing the situation to be less painful until you're done dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like we learned on Mandalore, your feelings don't matter until you are done the fight. Yeah, when, he's, when, about when
1: he's unable to take the evil actions he's been doing, then he's back to looking and seeming like Jason again because he's not doing evil things.
0: Yeah. But that's pretty much the story of Jason in the three-sentence version. Yeah. He was a hero. He won the Yuzhan Vong War and died of his wounds. And then a monster grew out of him called Darth Kytus. Short, sweet, didn't need nine bucks.
1: Yeah, to the point. Actually,
0: didn't need oh fucking thirty-ish books.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not cover. the uh, not the overthinking way that the Jedi would do it, but the uh, clinical how, almost. Yeah, how how like an outside person would see it.
0: Yeah, someone without magic powers. Yeah,
1: which is why Han is so good. It being part of this group, I think.
0: Yeah, he's like he's that foil. He's, yeah, he's like the straight man. Sort of, you know. Yeah, like, he. The jokes aren't funny unless you have someone in context who can't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where like that was a clumsy way to say having Han Solo makes the magic seem more magic. Yes, right. And and the and the common Muggles
1: get yeah and, gives like, Jag and gives the contrast to the main story
0: exactly. And then when they do fucking magic, you're like, God damn, these people are magic. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Han is uh, upset. But at the same time here, the conversation moves forward in the direction that Jaina wants. But we shift from talking about Jason to now talking about Kytus. Mm-hmm. As you know, we've done back and forth through the books for various characters. But specifically in this conversation about we have to kill Jason. Now the conversation turns to Kaitus for everybody except Jaina. She says Kaitus out loud, but she says to herself in her head, "I am not fooling myself. I have to think of him as my brother. I have to think of this as murdering my brother, or else I might not be able to do it." Yep. Where, like, you know, we talked about before, like how you can soften the reality of things with language, like an assassination,
1: rather than it's murder. a murder. It's yeah, a so murder.
0: You know, you're just on the winning side of the politics. That's exactly what Jaina's trying not to do. To just cast aside the fact that it's her brother and her twin. Which should have been... yeah Built up a lot more all the way along. She's not trying to kill Darth Kaidus. She's going to kill her brother.
1: Which is one of the things she learned on with the Mandos. Yeah. She's killing her brother out of love. So she can't think of him as a different person. Well,
0: and she wouldn't love Darth Kitus, right? No. So, exactly. You're exactly right with that point. That's, you know, like a little bit of a a sliver. Maybe in a pile of slivers that that changes the balance of the scales in this fight, you know? God, it's hard to know, man. But everyone from Han and Leia to Luke... All the masters agree. It's Kaidas' time. It's time to focus on this problem. No, no turning back in this book. Like I said before, nobody circles back on their resolution from the last book of being in the ending. <laughs> and yeah. And being decided. Everybody Luke. turns to look at Luke, I guess by default assuming he's going to say step up and say he's going to take the mission and what he's going to do but instead luke tells them that he can't go after Kitus he only sees darkness in those futures and saba picks it up right away she must have <laughs> smelled it on her little tongue it's good for the podcast right <laughs> it's great for the podcast she says saba because you killed lumaya in vengeance and now, Luke, you are tainted with the dark side. Holy fucking consequences, man. She really did win, didn't she? Lumaya. Like, she really did win. Yep. She got Luke Skywalker to what? Cut her head off and kick her off a cliff? What the fuck? I don't even fucking yeah, I... remember how he killed her, to be honest. But it was the wrong thing to do. And now he can't stop chasing. And knowing Lumaya. And and this being a 10 year long plan in and about if not longer. Yeah. I wonder if that was part of the plan for a greater goal. Long, longer term past Jason to make Luke Skywalker ineffectual. If he can't be the one, uh, case in point, in the Jason situation, who could possibly have saved Jason and brought him back to the light other than Luke, even if he was going to fucking murder him? He would be the only person, Mm -hmm. right, Grandmaster Redeemer, that would be able to fucking rap battle Jason back into the light side. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's an interesting way to uh, a good visual. (laughs) Um,
0: But now, you know, either through foresight or through, I don't know, will of the force or just luck. She has essentially disarmed Luke Skywalker here. Yeah. And for how long is this going to last beyond the Jason saga where we've got a book left and a showdown on the front cover But Luke Skywalker is going to have to deal with other problems in the future and he's probably going to always look back on the time I cut Lumaya's head off and that was the wrong thing to do.
1: Yeah, it'll always be part of his, like one of his flaws that he has to always think about. He's
0: going to have to live with that forever. Mm -hmm. And like, what an ultimate victory. (laughs) She must be laughing somewhere beyond the fucking shimmery force. I don't know.
1: I wonder if evil Sith show up as the Force goes like red glowy instead of blue.
0: I hope so. I wonder if they can even do it. Well, they're still part of the Force. I wonder if she has a holocron somewhere. That'd be neat. But she wasn't, she never really called herself a Sith master.
1: No. Specifically.
0: Anyhow, she wins. (laughs) (laughs) So Jaina steps up. And states her case for being executioner, as she thinks of it. Mm -hmm. Even gathering her parents' support, they're going to join her on the mission to go kill Jason. As she finishes her argument for why it should be her. This is bigger than her and him. It's about the future of everybody. But it's also about our twinsies thing. So it's not all the way bigger than us. Also, I went and trained with Boba Fett, etc., etc. et cetera. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. She gives this whole big speech and this like convincing argument, only to find in the end that the Masters already knew she would ask, and her asking was the test of being worthy to do the mission. And
1: asking in a calm, <laughs> controlled way.
0: Yeah, not being hothead Jaina, yelling yeah. at everybody what she's going to
1: do. Asking for permission rather than just saying, I'm doing this.
0: And... I don't remember who says this. uh, uh, Kent Hamner or, or or, or, yeah, I don't, I think, I think it was him. I don't remember which master says this to her, but when she's like, this is, this was just a test. You guys already knew I was going to do this. Somebody says we're Jedi masters. Anticipate is what we do. I thought fucking, that was hilarious. How do you go into a meeting with Jedi masters and assume you're going to surprise them? Yeah. (laughs) You know, she's just kind of in like, in her own head and in her own world. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boba Fett's world, Bobby's world for like five, five weeks. And uh, maybe it's just that kind of oversight, like a simple oversight. <laughs> but no, Luke says, I've have been having visions of you coming to tell me this. And I just wanted to make sure that it was all right. You are the Sword of the Jedi after all. And saba says something else interesting here. She says in her Zed tongue, wizard voice. This one. This fight will be won or lost in the mystical realm, not the physical. <laughs> I don't think there's that many Zeds in it. No. But this fight will be won or lost in the mystical realm, not physical. What does that even mean? Because... If I can once again direct your attention to the cover. This looks like it's going to be solved in a physical confrontation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely looks like uh, some physical damage is
0: going to be done to somebody. But is she talking about, like... She must be talking about big picture stuff. Like, not just Jaina had to come to them the right way. This whole... confluence of problems where now we have to come to the decision to kill one of our own we have to go murder Jason Solo maybe the mystical thing she's talking about is that it has to be done it has to be approached and planned and and approved the right way it can't just be Luke goes off on a mission of vengeance or Jaina does or Han and Leia do or whatever right It has to be a concerted effort of the light side or else they'll end up poisoning themselves from within Yeah, and thus then destroying the light on a mystical level. Yeah, I think that was kind of Luke's Luke's, uh, point too. Yeah, Luke says that a bit about why he can't... All the darkness futures, right? But maybe it's not just about him, darkness. Maybe it's about losing the light forever. Mm Mm-hmm. I I don't... One in the mystical realm, not the physical realm. Meaning, this isn't about her and Jason. Yeah. Right, I guess. And she has to
1: be... Uh, she you? brings up the Sword of the Jedi prophecy, yeah. Sabba does, saying that was the prophecy. Yeah. Like, the Force showed us this. Here come, yeah, already.
0: exactly. It's hard to argue with God mm-hmm. when he gives you direct visions. Whatever <laughs> the Force may be, right? Yeah. So Jaina's mission is accepted. Shockingly to her and Luke assigns Ben to help her much more shockingly to her. She almost, she almost argues against it. And then Luke says pretty simply, Ben has the GAG connections to get you next to Kitus. Ben is our, is our, our thread between two worlds where we're in the, on the run hiding in the transitory mists. He has access to G.A.G. and Coruscant and Jason. None of us do. They'd have to like bring a full fucking army there. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, a whole battalion of warships.
1: And they would have to spend the time making those connections if they wanted to get to him through some kind of subterfuge type
0: Obviously, yeah. Obviously, the idea is catch him by surprise where he feels safe. Mm -hmm. Use the G.A.G. against itself, which I think is a thing that we've kind of seen the Jedi say several times already. Jason has said it a few times too. It's come up multiple times. Use your opponent's flaws against them to let, help them destroy themselves. Yep. Right. You know, I think that's going to be kind of the theme of the mission going forward. Not only does Luke assign Ben to the mission, he also assigns Jaina a creepy message parting message where he says your brother is expecting someone to come after him I'm gonna do everything I can to stop him from seeing that it's you so he's not gonna stop going after Jason he's just gonna stop trying to get him yeah right be the be the distraction be the be the big hulking beast be the wolf in front of him that distracts for the wolf's Wolves. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm such a Maple Leafs fan. Mm-hmm. But you know, fucking pack tactics, hunting tactics, Velociraptor type Here, deal. It's it's all it's all predators, right? Here's here's one in front of you to keep you busy, and then we rip out your hamstrings from behind with our bare teeth.
1: Yeah, you don't see the ones coming from the side or behind. From exact Jurassic Park. Now port. this is
0: a fucking perfect plan. Because as much as I think Jason would not hesitate to kill Jaina, he doesn't hate anyone as much as he hates Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't underestimate anyone like he underestimates Luke Skywalker. I can feel him coming a mile away. And the only
1: only person he feels would be either his equal or close would be Luke. So who else are they going to send?
0: Overconfident, but this was this this chapter was like an intense roller coaster between haha funny jokes and crying about Han Solo's reaction and Leia like them just staring glassy eyed while Jane is talking and stuff. I laughed, I cried, I died inside. It's horrible, mm-hmm. and what a complicated web of emotional repercussions for everyone in that room. Luke, like they said, like there must be some level of blame for Han and Leia Mm -hmm. of what Jason became that has now taken his wife away from him. There must, he must, he must have some hate for them. A lot of hate for Jason. Jaina has the hate for like, yeah, you thought that family convo over Spice Loaf was fucking contentious, man. (laughs) Now here they are (laughs) hiding half a galaxy away from Jason planning how to bake his loaf
1: yeah and more so for for me because this this chapter is all over the place and everybody's all like now being really invested in it yeah has made me more so than that i can remember any other chapter in this whole series more invested in what's going to happen and how it's going to infect it yeah this is affect everybody
0: (laughs) yeah well it's it's at the beginning of the book setting the stakes as high as they can go mm-hmm. and it's setting up again like this inevitable confrontation you know it's coming mm-hmm. it's on the cover yeah. chapter 3 starts with a famous Troy Jennings. Troy Jenning <laughs> a famous Troy Jenning doke of the day Toka of the J what's the difference between a lightsaber and a glow rod, a lightsaber impresses girls. Jason solo, age 14 shortly before he cut off tunnel Ka's arm inspiring practice. Now I want to look at this joke from two sides. All right. Number one, the joke itself. Fucking lame. Why is a lightsaber better than a glow rod? Well, okay, there's a thousand correct answers. What's your joke? It impresses girls. All right, cool. Now, second way I want to look at this joke is in context of the moment, as he then proceeds to cut her fucking arm off, Mm -hmm. and they fall in love. (laughs) (laughs) I just... Having the context written into the in into that joke there, where it says, uh, "Shortly before cutting her arm off," totally changes my rating of this joke. One thousand out of ten.
1: Th- is this an overconfidence thing? Even when he was fourteen,
0: <laughs> there's no way it's not.
1: Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I'm great with uh, it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's cool. And then he's overconfident with it, and
0: <laughs> but also like
1: cuts her fucking arm that's off. That's
0: like typical boy shit, right? Yeah, where you're like. I'm going to show off for this girl, and then you end up like kicking her in the face when you're pretending to do, well, I'll show you this cool karate kick, right? Yeah. And you're like, no, I won't hit you. I won't hit you. Just don't move. Right (sighs) in the face. Right in the mouth. 1,000 out of 10. (laughs) Now, chapter three starts with maybe my favorite quote of the whole series. I'm just going to read the first part of it. He had made a few mistakes. Darth Kytus thinks to himself, Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> Did ya? Did ya? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had made a few mistakes. That's that arrogance again, right? A few. Not To not just be like, Okay, I'm blowing it here. Or right, like, All right, oh, These are big, big, big mistakes. He made a few mistakes. But it turns out, Darth Kaitus has reflected on these mistakes and grown. He thinks to himself, he was blinded by pain of Alana being taken away from him and all that. And so he was acting selfish. He was only thinking about his destiny and not the greater good of the galaxy, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what he set out to do in the beginning of this thing. I'm going to make the world better for everyone, not myself. That's how Sith become bad, by becoming selfish of their power and all that jazz. So he makes a bold proclamation. Starting today, Darth Kaidus was going to rule, not through anger or fear or even bribery, but as every true Sith Lord should. Through patience and love and pain.
1: So, like, pain for himself, not pain inflicted on others. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta
0: feel the pain to be the pain. Now, welcome to Legacy of the Force, Episode 9, A New Man. Yep. Because, in case you don't remember, it wasn't too long ago that Jason Solo was, yeah, hurt and blinded by pain and anger. And snapping necks, snapping necks <laughs> on and the bridge of Anakin, and torturing folks, and force blasting people across the hallway, and all that kind of jazz because he's angry. Mm-hmm. For it now, started.
1: It actually started in the last book where he, when he was coming back on his ship, and he had that time to think in the foam. This turnaround, you mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 We talked about that in the last one. He's like, aha, ha! Didn't get their license plate or whatever." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you start to see him start to realize in that, you're right, in that book where he's like, nobody likes me anymore. Maybe I'm being a shithead, (laughs) you know, and then dial it back a bit. Yeah. It's good, man. It's good. His new direction here. I would have liked to see it had been this the whole time, you know, him to be in control of his emotional responses and aware of this fact the whole time when he, when he is like hurting and angry and see how he, Mr. Smart, Mr. Logic would deal with that instead of being another of many people who just get carried away by their emotions and then overreact and do the wrong thing and all that kind of stuff. Right? Like uh, that'd be probably more interesting to see him as a different example. Yeah. Yeah. Where we kind of do in the first third of this triple trilogy, where he spends a lot of time explaining to himself why he's doing what he's doing, right? Where he's like, "This is okay because of this," or "I'm doing this because of this reason for this goal." And then in like the, the second half of the middle third, he's just all lighting fu- fucking planets on fire, snapping necks, and throwing bodies and torturing cousins. Mm-hmm. But not in the way where he's like, this is why this is okay. He's just like, I'm doing it. It's my destiny. And I can't believe they're going to, I'm going to make examples out of you. You're not taking away. all that, right. It is. He's right. And I, I'm pretty sure Troy addresses almost all my previous complaints here. Yeah. In this, in this segment, like he goes into it more than I did with the emotional introspection that uh, Jason Darth Kytus is having, but yeah, pretty much everything that I've been complaining about, his missing internal monologues about his feelings about Alana, he addresses that here. All of the reason for his decisions being so misguided, like things like that, right? Where mm-hmm. we've been like, "What? What? You're stupid. You're stupid now. Why are you stupid now? You've been smart for forty books. Why are you stupid now?" Yeah, I guess because of emotions.
1: Emotions and.
0: This feels like a hand wave. Like, yeah. yeah, I know. I know what those other writers were doing there. I was doing a bit of it too. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll fix it. I don't know. It it does feel like, like a band-aid almost. Just to have him now, at the beginning of this chapter, all of a sudden give us the internal monologues that we wanted for fucking all the time he's been going psycho.
1: Yeah, the last, like, four books. Well, no, (laughs) more
0: specifically since Alana got taken away at the end of book six. Or seven? I think seven. Seven. Either way, yeah. Ever since Alana got taken away from him, I wanted him to be thinking about it way more. And now he is. Yeah. I guess maybe now that the war has slowed down again. You know, where... Centerpoint destroyed itself, and then... Lana, uh, Alana got kidnapped as that was happening, right? And mm-hmm.
1: then it was kind of crazy time. Yeah, like after his loss or it's a loss. Know, stalemate at Fondor it was... If,
0: it, if you're not first, you're last, okay? <laughs> I'll tell you what.
1: Because he didn't exactly win, but he it wasn't enough. An...
0: still broke three governments, though. Yes, he did. So that's neat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, you're right. He didn't he, he didn't, didn't
1: overwhelmingly lose. But he either. had to run away. Yeah, he did. So that's
0: not a win, I guess, right? It's he like, had to
1: barricade himself at
0: home. It's like an overtime loss. Still got one point. <laughs> yeah. It's good for the standings, but Yeah. Go home and regroup for the next game or something like that. Like... Troy gives me kinda most of what I want here and I like it. And then that newly proclaimed patience and love is now coming full force with Darth Kytus, directed at a group of stormtroopers he finds on Nickel One on his way to see the moths who have taken over this Verpine colony without his permission. Mm -hmm. When a squad of stormtroopers opens fire on him, he's calm. He takes away their big guns. He static-fries the optics in their helmets. Harmlessly deflects their bolts away with his bare hand. With his hand. With his bare hand. This is amazing. <laughs> then, classic face-to-face intimidation with the leader of the group. Yeah.
1: I don't want to kill you. Episode
0: 9, A New Man. Yeah,
1: But I will if you make me. And don't make me.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's also another little almost a montage display of Jason's power. Where mm-hmm. it's like a whole squad of stormtroopers. And we've seen, well, they had E-Web blasters or whatever, but... We saw what it took Jaina and Fett and Mando's to get through a squad of these stormtroopers. You know, they had a different weapon or whatever, right? But he just force flashes their helmets with his hands. not see hand. anything. And then he's just blocking the carelessly shot bolts because they can't see. This is the smart the smart stuff that mm-hmm. Jason should be all the time. You yeah? know? Maybe Troy just maybe he just I don't want to say this. It sounds fucking rude, but maybe he just understands Jason better and writes Jason better where I haven't been paying particular attention to this, but if we go back to the books, am I liking Jason least in Aaron and Karen's books? And I'm like, ah, this is my Jason right here where he's fucking smart and calculated, not psycho emotions.
1: And maybe if they, the other two have that, have sorry. their focuses.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, they do have their own different focuses. Where Troy's focus seems to be the twins. Yeah, like he wrote that trilogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wrote books in the NJO. I'm uh, maybe I know Aaron Alston did too, but maybe, maybe, maybe. But then at the same time, book six was Troy Denning, and Jason lit Kashik on fire at the end of that. Yes, he did for the for the simple reason of they, you know, they wouldn't obey. They didn't want to be his friend. They didn't want to help. Yeah, you don't give me your toys, I'll light your fucking toys <laughs> on fire. <laughs> cool, cool kid to hang out with. <laughs> but you know, I like this where he's like, "I'm going to be smart. I'm going to think this through, not just react through this." Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's being nice, even when the moths sass him. Once he gets in there, he says to himself, they're questioning me and disobeying me because I deserve this for being arrogant, selfish, and vindictive over Alana. I ruined the Fondor mission, and everybody's in me by acting like a psycho. Mm-hmm. Once again, where was this once a book? Yeah. Twice a book,
1: maybe. Yeah. like, because even his exertion of the force over over these guys is, I just want them to shut up so I can get my point across. I'm not
0: <laughs> like the one guy's being a chir- a chirpy bitch and he just pushes his head down to the desk <laughs> slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he's not try. He's not
1: hurting them. No, he's he just didn't like-
0: smash the guy's head off the table yeah. like he did to Aitlin' Vel.
1: Yeah, he just goes shush. <laughs> you stop now. Yeah, let me talk. And then I will let you have your piece. And is
0: this him now finally being in a true soul position of power for the first time? He's the only one at Coruscant. Yeah. He is in charge of the GA, you know, as he sees it. Mm -hmm. Moffs included. And so maybe this, again, this clarity that's coming to Jason is coming through the calmness of not having to worry about Niathol on his back all the time, or or whatever yeah. stresses of trying to attain the spot. Now he's got the spot. Yeah. And now he's able to be like, oh, I've been fucking crazy for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it turns out nobody fucking likes me anymore. Yeah. Uh,
1: he's not. He's not worrying about what she's planning behind his back while he's not at home. Kind of deal. Exactly.
0: And he's not at home. No. He's here at Roche. Where he thinks to himself, "Here hinges the balance of an interstellar war. What happens here, in this room, and on this asteroid, are going to affect the entire galaxy." These Moffs think this is just one little place that they're taking, but him through the Force sees it as a tipping point, and another one. You know, mm-hmm. the stakes are. Hi, as we cut to Ben. He's 14. I wonder if he's got any good jokes. No time for jokes. He's meeting with Shivu on Coruscant at Monument Plaza for strike team. Sword of the Jedi with Jaina and Leia hiding in the crowd, being inconspicuous. This is a spy meeting. He's got to go meet with a spy and nobody's supposed to know that they're spying spies. P.S. It must have been like seven chapters ago that we got that header from Shivu's girlfriend telling him to be careful. Don't do anything stupid. How is this guy still alive? (laughs) That was so many pages ago that someone told him to be careful and don't do anything stupid. Yeah, Still alive. Half a book ago. But it turns out he's got his own G.A.G. tale because he is a suspected spy, I bet. And here come two Rodians to the Lawn and Ben convo. So it's fake fight time. What do you do when you're about to be busted with your contact? You pretend that you hate them. So Ben shoves Shivu. Shivu elbows Ben. They throw down to a fight. Ben does not want to get Shivu busted. He doesn't need any more weight on his conscience. Yeah, This is one of his last friends. He's gotten a lot of them killed. Or, written out of the books, whatever happened to that little girl? <laughs> now, the two of them are fake fighting, thinking that there's just the two Rodians, and let's scatter. Here comes Tahiri with dozens of GAG backup ships. Yeah, circle in the sky. it looks. There's there's. Dozens of guards on the ground and ships in the sky. It looks bad for Shivu. So Ben records the information that Shivu gave him. Jason's, the Anakin is here on Coruscant, but Jason's not. Yep, yeah. He's gone to nickel one. So Ben records this message. In case he gets caught, send it off to Jaina and the other half of the strike team. As he's recording this information. Tahiri shows, one of them, classic Jedi flaws. She runs up behind Ben with her lightsaber and says, Don't transmit it, Ben. I won't hesitate to kill you. And ben replies, you just did. And he presses the transmit button. That's why Jaina went to Mandalore, right? That's This is legitimizing Jaina's trip to go train with Boba Fett. Yep. Because train that out of you like i think i even specifically said surrender or else is always the jedi way right like yeah proclamation and get ready to fight if you don't stand down (laughs) yeah and even ben having trained with the secret police realizes like that you fucked up yep you paused you waited you didn't commit to the kill right that's over Turns out it was a good idea for Jaina to go train on Mandalore. Maybe she learned more than we said she did at the end of the last book. But is that really something you need to be told when you're fighting a dangerous Sith? Is to not stop and chat? If you've been indoctrinated, maybe. Exactly. And so are the Jedi not to cause their own problems all the time?
1: Pretty sure. Yeah. 75%? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah.
0: Very few of the dangerous Sith come from anywhere except the Jedi order. Very few. Yep. And I guess that's what happens when you kidnap children from their families. And like you said, indoctrinate them and brainwash them to a specific way of being and acting. And then maybe some of them grow up and realize the galaxy is not safe. And I must Yeah. put my years of torture or months of torture, or I don't know how long it was to use to save everybody for the greater good. That's what you use torture for. <laughs> Oh, P.S. It's fucking on between Ben and Tahiri. They scrap so hard. Lightsabers. Punching, kicking, force shit. Yeah. Good battle. Once again, I'm not. we're not going to describe the details of the action. Go read it, but it's fucking good. One more note here. Ben is his dad. He gets his lightsaber knocked out of his hand. At one point, he reaches for it through the force. Half a dozen troopers cried out in astonishment as the weapon banged off their boots, spinning and tumbling through the thicket of shins and ankles to arrive in his hand, upside down, with the emitter nozzle pointed straight into his eye. Ben Skywalker is a Luke Skywalker. mm mm-hmm. My favorite fucking part of episode four, and thanks for this little fan service, Troy, is when Obi-Wan is like, this is a weapon from. Belong to your father from a more civilized time. And he points at Rayton fucking fuck. Right looks right down face. the barrel. <laughs> like you've never handled the weapon before out there fucking shooting womp raps. Yeah, T- you
1: definitely point the dangerous end away from you. Yeah, no,
0: first thing. First thing I'm going to do close one eye yeah. <laughs> and scope right down that laser hole.
1: Even if you don't know how it works, you don't point the ends at you.
0: Yeah. So thanks for this little bit of fan service, Trix. I loved it. A little bit of fun in the action, mm-hmm. you know. That's a nice balance to walk to. Is that even in moments of like that extreme danger, funny things, yeah, like, silly little things happen. They're one a little one time. line, yeah. But so a little bit of fun injected in the action, almost into his eyeball. Just before Ben is surrounded by GAG troops. And stun bolted out in a blaze of back flippy jumpy glory. Yeah, he
1: blocks a few, but there's too many of them. He's
0: like, he's surrounded and he just thinks, oh, well, closes his eyes, <laughs> springs up into the air. Yeah. Deflects a few bolts and then blackness, darkness. And we go to chapter four, which starts with one of those famous Troy Jenning dokes. <laughs>
1: That's going to be a running <laughs> thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're going to fucking hate that one. Okay. How many stormtroopers does it take to change a glow panel? Two. One to change it, and one to blast him, then take credit for the work. Jason Solo, age 14, with heavy commentary on the effects of ruthless imperialism. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a culture problem. P.S. All these jokes so far have said Jason, age fourteen. And it took me until chapter four to draw the parallel that we have another fourteen-year-old character, <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Ben. And I was like, I think I said it earlier, like today, because I had already thought of it last when I read it. By the time I got to chapter four, but the point being, whatever kind of jokes he's got in his back pocket, he's probably got some filth from the secret police. Oh, I'm sure. Jason was. At a Jedi Academy with his twin sister when he was 14. Full of good guys. Ben is a a galactic government spy.
1: Yeah, working (laughs) with the military, essentially. But
0: not now. Has now betrayed the, the secret police military and his commission to now fight for the Jedi against them. Because it turns out he was indoctrinated and brainwashed by the secret police. And it turns out he grew up into his own self and didn't think that was a good idea. So he changed his life. Now. Jaina. From across the plaza. Mm -hmm. Is watching Ben and Shivu get mag clamped into something called a -A G.A.G. Doom sled. (laughs) Metal as fuck. Yeah. What a name. Okay. It's almost lame. But it's just hard enough. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's right at that
1: line to... It works, yeah. That it shows how bad or how dangerous the GAG is.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Jaina knows she's seeing these two get locked up as bait. As they say, as a trap. Yep. But she don't friggin' give a care, man. (laughs) She's like, trap, huh? This is what we do. Her and Leia steal an ambulance... And prepare to follow the doom sled through Coruscant, trap or not. While Troy drops names of places, people, and things all across the planet. Actually, probably across this one district of the planet. Uh, we got Arakid Towers, Borstphalia Center, Monument Plaza, Travrat Gap, 4000 Lane, Big Snarl, Galactic City, Traveler's Place, Kurok Commercial Center. So immersive. Yeah. So many names.
1: Something about the Speed
0: Tube, I think, too. Yeah. There was more. Yeah. I stopped. Cause <laughs> they didn't stop. No, there's they were a, all over the place. Yeah, there's one whatever that speed tube is, is like a fucking underground highway. Yeah. Or a, a toll a toll bridge essentially, right? Yeah, it's it's the highway. You skip the, you pay a hundred credits each way <laughs> and you skip the city. More importantly than all these names of places on this never ending planet of places. Jaina realizes, as she's flying through Coruscant, that Jason has made her lose her only home. Mm-hmm. She's not welcome here now, as evidenced by being pursued by police. Yeah. And just put a little more fuel on her fire, I guess. She's very unwelcome, it turns out, as Tahiri has set up the ambulance as a trap. The patients that were in the back of the ambulance that were sedated were only pretend sedated. And she hears Tahiri come over to the comm and say, uh, 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 game on or some shit. Yeah, yeah, it's a go or something like that. And it turns out the whole goddamn thing is a set. She's got trapped patients in the back of the med speeder and a gas job in the front. Fully confirming that Jane is not welcome here. Also, the flood of armed GAG speeders into the Dyson Vacuum 3D roundabout. Jaina has been expertly flying through. Another sign that you're not welcome. Imagine this. Real life. Planet Earth. 2019. Roundabouts are popular. Mm-hmm. They exist on a single plane. A flat plane. People can barely do it. <laughs> Let me, let me, let me, let me recap my description of this Coruscant roundabout. It's a Dyson vacuum 3D roundabout because it's a column of roundabout that exists on a horizontal plane and a vertical plane. I can't imagine anybody on planet Earth would do very well with that. And I can't imagine there's not more fucking accidents in this thing all the time. Yeah. My God. Now, the coma gas gets to Jaina. Even though she held her breath right away, she says, all it has to do is get inside your nose. And it gets absorbed through the membrane. You don't even have to breathe it in. Yeah. Just let it touch your breathe holes. (laughs) Fucking bad news. (laughs) she starts to black out on this wild downward spiral through the Dyson vacuum roundabout she goes out and then she comes back with a confusing wake up some lady who sort of looks like her mom but also (laughs) looks like wearing a disguise right because they were hiding and stuff it's flying the ship now I'm supposed to be flying the ship she wakes up and comes back to clarity at the perfect moment to stop jumping into the trap because she realizes, Hey, this is really bad. Tahiri and the doom sled that has Ben and Shivu have gone through the roundabout thing, or this was Jane's shortcut, or whatever, but they're heading down to the secret tunnel pipe that yeah. goes underneath the thing.
1: Yeah, they're like four or five levels below her, or something. So, like once that. again,
0: an enclosed tunnel Mm -hmm. and it becomes obvious to Jaina that this is not an accident. This is Tahiri's plan. Get them in a tunnel. There's probably a shit ton of backup at the other end and backup going to follow us in and we're going to get roasted inside this enclosed tunnel. Good thing. She was just out there with the bugs getting refreshing that tunnel experience. Yeah. So she says, stop jumping into this trap right now. We can't save Ben. We can't save Shivu. We've got to cut our losses if we want a chance to kill Kaidas. Her and Leia have to leave Ben behind. They failed. Yeah. Step one of kill Jason is find out where he is. They got that information and they lost half their team. Shivu wasn't necessarily part of the team, but there's four people there. Yeah. Two of them are arrested. <laughs> Leia asks the only important question at the end of the chapter. How can I tell Luke we lost his son? And cry, cry, cry and find out next week how <laughs> we're going to tell Luke how we lost his son. When we cover chapters five through eight of legacy of the force book nine Invincible. Invincible. Yeah, yeah. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Invincible. We lost this kid. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.